0: Those are just vanity metrics. If you have 500 followers who are diehard fans of your brand and are listening and they're captivated and they they want to buy from you, would you rather have that or 15,000 followers who are tone deaf and barely pay attention to your content?
1: All right, hey, we have Sam Ogborn here from Once and More. Sam, thanks for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: If, uh, just for the audience, just kind of, you know, little context for them, if you want to give sort of a brief introduction who you are, what you're about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Sam. I am obsessed with marketing. No joke. I love marketing. It's always been a passion of mine. Definitely more of like the psych, psychology behind marketing has been always really exciting for me. But I have spent about 12 years in the corporate world working for big brands. So I've worked at Walgreens. I was their first community manager. I worked at red bull. I worked on the agency side. So if any of you guys have ever worked for an ad agency, I've been there, (laughs) but yeah, I've been I've bounced around in my career. And most recently I decided to start my own marketing consulting firm because I love to move really quickly. And I felt like there wasn't a company out there that was offering that everything that I would like to offer basically, uh, in a consulting firm, I wanted to create that because when I, when I've been on the client side, it's been hard to find that type of scrappy marketing firm to hire, uh, that could just get things done. They weren't bloated with corporate bureaucracy. So that was really my inspiration for starting once and more.
1: Was uh marketing your first career choice. Was that something that, uh, did you go to college for it or, or was it something that you kind of like somebody made a quick suggestion like, Hey, maybe, you know, did you check out marketing? And then you kind of fell in love, love with it. Tell me, tell me about that kind of origin story. Yeah, for sure. So
0: I grew up really loving English. I was like that kid in math class. I was like, get me the hell out of here. Like, why am I in here? Like I hated math. And I always loved my English class in high school, my teacher, Mrs. Clark, I just loved her and I loved going to English class. And I just felt like English and writing and uh, that that kind of practice was really something that I was intrigued by. And so going into college, I studied journalism and I thought I was gonna be a reporter. And then as time went on and I started to get into my college major, I realized that I would love to be a marketer. I think it was because when you take those extra course credits you know how in college everyone says okay you have like these credits you have to take for college i was so intrigued by psychology and religion and just what makes people tick and how people think that marketing was just truly the perfect combination of psychology and um like understanding why people do what they do so that's what motivates me it wasn't necessarily my first choice but I ended up studying journalism, and then I had a focus in strategic communication in college.
1: So for the listeners out there, we brought. I found Sam through TikTok, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, that's kind of the the main point of this conversation. But I want to know more about once and more kind of starting a, you know, I guess you would call it a freelance or. Uh, one person marketing agency or or maybe it's a team I don't know tell me yeah. tell me tell me a little bit more about once and more getting that started and I'm curious about uh you know twenty twenty it's marketing has uh t- to put it nicely has taken a turn I mean, has <laughs> has shifted quite a bit uh tell me kind of what you're facing right now in once and more
0: absolutely I'll give you some brief backstory so I actually uh, I'm from Chicago. I live in Chicago now, but about a year and a half ago, I was living in Minneapolis and I was overseeing sports culture and brand marketing for basically a small country is what they call it at Red Bull. And I got a call for a job opportunity from a former colleague who had this really cool Opportunity within a fortune 500. And originally I was, I was kind of on the fence about doing it. And then as I started talking to more and more of the team, I got really excited because what it was, was building and developing a travel and entertainment app for people who wanted to finance things like going to Coachella. So there was this millennial spin on it. I would have, I led basically the marketing for this app that was going to be launching in 2020. So I'm sure you can imagine where things ended up going, (laughs) but launching a travel and entertainment app in 2020 was like probably the worst possible timing for that kind of app. So I was at this company, I still am at this company actually. And um, you know, that, that app got put on hold, unfortunately. And It made me realize, all right, I've spent a ton of time in the corporate world. What if I did things the way that I wanted to and did things on my terms? And like I said, became a consulting firm, like a marketing consulting firm that I would have loved to hire in the corporate world. And that's really where Once and More came about. And the idea behind the name Once and More is for every brand I've ever worked on, every brand wants to be loved and purchased by consumers once and more. So that's the whole concept behind the brand name. But yeah, I started it. So I started my company in April of 2020. And it was almost as a, honestly, it was a way for me to protect myself in the corporate world. Because as I saw the economy starting to slump, I started to see COVID take over. Everyone is working from home. There was a lot of uncertainty about the future, I felt like it was an opportunity to start something for myself. And I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So it was like, why not this year? Like, why not? Like, I don't, there's no reason why I couldn't start it this year. So it's been my side hustle and it's been amazing so far because I feel like I'm working on clients who truly care about their brand and want to see it grow. And I want to help them grow their brand. So it's been so much fun but i'd be lying to you if i said it hasn't been a kick in the ass at some points like i don't know if i can swear on your podcast no, but go for it um, i mean it's been really tough like i've definitely had multiple conversations with people where i've talked to them about what i can do for them and i'm really excited about the brand and then they'll come back to me and say like listen i just can't afford this right now and my heart actually aches for them like I don't actually feel, it doesn't make me feel bad because I'm not able to partner with them. It makes me feel for them because I completely understand what they're going through. I think you hear a lot of stories about people launching a brand on a shoestring budget. And to me personally, if you want to do it right, that's not necessarily the best approach. Like even for my website to get it to a place where I wanted it to look really great. You know, I spent money, I spent money on a lot of things to make sure that, that things looked like at the caliber that I wanted it to. So I just think this year overall has been really challenging. And I completely understand if other people feel like it's challenging too, because it is, and it's okay to say that it's been challenging. Like, I hate the story of people saying like, I've been so successful in 2020 and like, you can do it too. And like, I I think people need to say like, it's a grind, like you are going to have to grind. It's worth it, but it's, it's a grind. And for me, it's definitely been a grind, but it's been so fulfilling at the same time.
1: Yeah. Those people are a little tone deaf trying to tell us about your success stories or I, I, or it's, I get the sentiment, but let's, uh, let's talk about that in a couple months. Um, With hearing all that and hearing the kind of like you talking about the kind of, marketing budgets getting constricted or these clients sort of canceling, uh, it makes me think about this sort of catch-22, you know, a small business or a new brand, they – if they want to be more successful or if they want to get more revenue or more signups or, you know, more – generate more business in some way, they need some sort of marketing. So there's this kind of catch-22 that if you – when they pull back the marketing budget, they're kind of – subconsciously saying like we don't want to grow or we don't want to see more success like t- talk a little bit about that or that kind of frustration you're seeing with 2020 clients that uh, are they you know are they shooting themselves in the foot by saying let's turn off the marketing valve yeah it's a, such a good question
0: I think what I'm about to say is is contentious and a lot of people aren't gonna agree with me and that's completely fine I'm fine with people not agreeing with me but I truly believe you have to spend money to make money and In this world, when you have people, I have so many prospective clients come to me and say, I want to grow my following on Instagram. And I'm like, first of all, why do you wanna grow your following? It basically means nothing. And then two, once you grow that following, you're gonna have to pay to reach those followers. So these platforms have been given to us for free, right, to market ourselves. Anyone can go post a, a photo on Instagram. But in order to really reach your target audience at this point, it takes more work and likely is going to take some kind of monetary means to reach those people. And that's just my personal take. I think there's still ways to do it. I think you can get really scrappy with doing tests. So I love running like small Facebook ad tests. And when I say small, I mean like literally $10 a day to test creative, see what converts and then optimize from there. Like there are ways to optimize it so you're not just spending like $1,000 on a campaign. But yeah, I truly believe you have to spend money to make money. And even if it's a small amount, that's fine. But it's really, really hard to tap into that organic reach and i think that's why tiktok has been such an interesting almost like case study for me in 2020 because it's the one platform right now where you don't have to pay to play
1: at the lengths of other platforms yeah is is there a way to convince these clients uh against their own like they're kind of like i don't know they're kind of uh Choosing something against their own interests, like when they when they tell you, "Hey, we can't do this. We got to turn off the marketing budget." Yeah. Uh, is there is there some way saying like you're you know how do you put a plate like you're gonna be sorry or like all right well, <laughs> I'll see you in six months when you're coming here and, and you're like in panic mode because you yeah. haven't had any new sales?
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, if someone comes to me and says they want to grow their following, I will almost always explain to them why that's not the type of client that I want to work with, mm. and it's not meant to be insulting it's just meant to to educate them because i think people need to understand that those are just vanity metrics if you have 500 followers who are die hard fans of your brand and are listening and they're captivated and they're they want to buy from you would you rather have that or 15,000 followers who are tone deaf and barely pay attention to your content let alone convert like I think you really have to put it in perspective for clients. But if clients tell me that they want to turn off their marketing spend right now, I just tell them I completely understand because I get where everyone is right now. Like I I don't it's really tough because and a lot of entrepreneurs that I work with too, marketing is almost like the afterthought. Like they build this amazing product because they're engineers or you know, they they know how to architect an amazing app or product. And then the marketing is the afterthought. So they'll come to me and be like, okay, we're ready to market. And it's like, well, you know, we might have to go into your website and see how you're converting people and like start to test those things. So there's a lot more that goes into marketing than just like, you're not, it's not just running ads on Instagram, right? Like there's a lot more that goes into it, but there are organic ways to help optimize You know the brand and there are organic ways to get in front of more people for example pr is a great way to do that Mm -hmm. you can make optimizations and tweaks for seo to optimize your rankings right go out there and find people who might want to write about you and start to build your backlinks so there are organic means to getting there but the organic approach then then a company just has to accept that if they're not willing to spend the money right now They're going to have to accept that if they just want to do organic, it's just going to take them longer to get there. It's not that it's not doable, but, um, you know, I really think spending money is the catalyst for growth in a lot of ways. It's not always the solution, but in this day and age where a lot of marketers want to play, it's what you need to do. So yeah i mean i think there is there two sides right if you want to spend money great if you don't you should be willing to accept that it might take longer and that there are still tactics that you can employ to get there
1: perfect that's like that's the exact transition i want to then talk about tiktok because at this at this point there there i mean you could do paid tiktok but that's probably for like large fortune 500 brands but there's so i mean there's so much to talk about with tiktok there's the and I don't even know we're listening this podcast right now. Don't even know if it's gonna be relevant in a month or two months, or this will be like, you know, this will be a, the Vine one hundred and one podcast. <laughs> like, yeah, that was a great episode about Vine. Um, okay, so let's. Where do we begin with with TikTok? Let's kind of talk about. I guess let's we'll make it personal. Let's start about you. Let's talk about your personal journey into TikTok because you put out a great case study uh about tiktok and you did you kind of ran this 30-day campaign this little 30-day experiment on tiktok uh let's first begin with how you found out about tiktok and then let's go into you know your conversations with other people other marketers other you know accounts that may have heard of tiktok may not have heard of tiktok yeah
0: so it's funny that you mentioned vine i loved vine My friends and I were on Vine all the time. I remember just crying, laughing at videos on Vine. I thought Vine was like the greatest thing ever. So when it went away, it was truly, I mean, it sounds so dramatic, but it truly was heartbreaking because it was so funny and it was such a great departure from the perfection that you see otherwise on other platforms. Like it felt like you could truly be yourself. So Actually, the way that I got on TikTok was back in the office days, like when we go into the office (laughs) last November, one of my colleagues came up to me and she was like, you have to start a TikTok. You have to get on there. The videos are so funny. And I would hear her laughing at the videos. And I had the perspective at the time of the perspective that a lot of people have now. Like TikTok is for kids, you know, like tricks are for kids. Like TikTok is literally for kids. Like I am not getting on that platform. I don't care to see a bunch of people dancing. Like that's what I would tell her. And eventually she kept nudging me so much to get on it. that I was like, fine, I'll just create an account. I created a personal account. And I remember posting a video of my dog with, or posting, yeah, posting a video of my dog with, um, like one of the trending tracks on TikTok, and i remember it got like 280 views and i was like oh that's actually really weird like no one even follows me on this platform like this is my personal account like how did that even happen because everyone is so accustomed to thinking you have to build followers you have to build likes you have to build an audience to get any kind of viewership or engagement so that off the bat i was like that's crazy And then as I started using the platform, I was like, this platform is hysterical. And up until July of this year, I only used the platform for my personal account. Like I didn't post. I would just send videos to friends. Um, I started a series that was really short-lived on my Instagram account, um, highlighting different TikTok creators because what I started to notice was that my perspective of what TikTok is, is still the perspective that a lot of people have. I mistakenly assumed it was just people dancing on the app and it was just a bunch of kids. When really, as I started to get into the algorithm and started to engage with posts that I liked seeing, it, it created the, the algorithm that I wanted for myself, but started to work in my favor of content that I actually really liked. Um, And I think on on platforms like Instagram, honestly, it's harder to come across that content because of the pay-to-play model that Instagram has. So I would start trying to teach the algorithm on my personal account, like, here's videos that I like seeing. And I remember highlighting people, and all the people that I highlighted on my Instagram account that were from TikTok were, like, across the board doing the coolest things. Like, someone was a chef who created cooking videos on TikTok. Another person was someone that created cocktails. Another person uh, talked about home decor and like easy home decor finds. And I felt like I was learning more on TikTok than I was learning on any other platforms. Honestly, amazing. So in July of this year, I was like, all right, I'm going to do a test. I'm gonna create a business account and I'm just gonna see how far I can take it. And when I first started, I have a whiteboard in my office <laughs> and I was like, I'm just going to write out because I am like someone, I'm a huge introvert and I hate showing my face. Sometimes I'm like, I, I'm not going to dance. That's like number one. Number two is like, I'm not going to like get on there and dance and like point my fingers in certain directions with text. Like a lot of people want to talk to you like, that's just not my thing. If that's your thing, great. That's just not my thing. So I was like, I'm just going to start writing on my whiteboard, like different marketing lessons and different things that people need to know if they want to get into marketing. And the whiteboard stuff honestly didn't perform that well. And I think this is a big mistake that I see with a lot of people is like, that was my cue when I started this test on July 4th. That was my cue when I, when I started creating this whiteboard content and it didn't do that well was my cue that that I need to switch it up, right? Like what's the definition of insanity? It's like doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Like I knew that continuing to create that kind of content, it wasn't like a, you if you build it, they will come. I knew that I was getting the viewership. I just wasn't getting the engagement and the traction that I thought. So then I decided to do computer tutorials where I would just highlight really cool tools that I was finding online. And honestly, this is the stuff that I like share with my clients. So. I was like, maybe someone out there will like this. And that is what catapulted my TikTok account. Um, And that's like what really created this growth in a month.
1: With what's what's kind of the inner dialogue when you're putting up stuff? Because I think, I mean, I do this. And I think a lot of people on social media that create content when they're trying something new or they're experimenting and it doesn't work. You know, you're saying, you know, doing the same thing over and over, not getting the same results, like, when it's it, the question is like when should you change tactics when should you try something new or or is it kind of like do you be stubborn a little bit and be like you know what i'm just i the next post could be the thing that blows up The you know if i if i just did one more whiteboard video may, maybe that one will do it so it's like how do you find that like what is the inner dialogue? Or like how do you say, like, okay, I've done this twelve times in a row. I think yeah. this doesn't work. I
0: think the beauty of really anything, I think I compare it to Instagram and Facebook because Instagram and Facebook have been around for a while. And like I said, it's a very much a pay-to-play model. So organic growth on Instagram and Facebook is hard to come by. That's why a lot of people are going to TikTok right now. But I what I also like about TikTok is because So they have this thing called the For You page, which is basically a, it's kind of like the explore page on Instagram, but it's a page that has just different videos that the algorithm would think that you'd like. So it serves up your content there. If, and if it starts to get traction, then it goes into a bigger group. Like there's been studies that people have done where it's like, first they show your content to a small group of people. And then if there's engagement there, then they'll show it to a larger group of people. And then It just kind of was like a domino effect. But what I would recommend is just start posting. And if you feel like you're getting the same results on every single video, try doing something completely different, which is exactly what I did. I realized, you know what, maybe people don't like reading these whiteboard notes. Like maybe people actually enjoy more visuals. Another thing too was that I, used to just write on the whiteboard. And then I didn't use the voiceover tools on TikTok, You can actually do a voiceover starting that too. And having people actually hear my voice, I think helped a lot with my engagement because then there was someone behind the account and it wasn't just this random body writing on a whiteboard. So I think that really helped. I've seen people too, where a lot of them film inside their house and they actually have seen better traction, like just stepping outside and filming outside, like really weird, like simple things that, that like, you know, it's worth trying. So I would say if you post, and by the way, the cadence for posting on TikTok is so different than other platforms. Like some people recommend you post 10 times a day and it's short bits of content, right? So it's about 15 seconds is like the best practice. If you post, I do like one to three posts a day now, but it's easy content to make for me for, for other people, it might be different, but I think the cadence, like if you were to post, if you were to start your account today, post three pieces of content that were all the same style, see what kind of response you get. If you get a lot of views and engagement on one, that might be a result of the actual content that was featured in that video. Versus like if it's all the same viewership and engagement for the most part of those three videos, then that's your cue. Okay, maybe you need to try something a little bit
1: different. I found your account through a for you page because I was just like, you know, I don't know if I directly search for marketing stuff, but I found I found your page. And just to kind of speak to the algorithm, because that's what I've been like. That's what I've been obsessed with lately and kind of like seeing the difference between and we'll get into IG reels and the kind of that, those differences. Um I f- the algorithm is so good that I I would watch your marketing video, and then two or three more videos after that in the for you page would be marketing related stuff. So it just like it's almost instant feedback with the algorithm, and it's it's um I think that is probably the best thing they have going for themselves. Mm-hmm. It's just the organic reach, or like if you know if you like something or if you like a certain topic, and there's there's something for everyone out there then it will just keep feeding you that uh, and just kind of giving you that, I don't know, I guess you call it confirmation bias or just that kind of like, yeah, you know, positive reinforcement.
0: Yeah. It's the discoverability. The discoverability on TikTok is instantaneous and that's what makes it amazing. And also too, I just want to note that when we talk about engagement, so on a platform like Instagram, Instagram looks at engagement a little bit differently, right? Did this person get likes? Did this person get comments? Mm -hmm. On TikTok, the way that they measure your engagement isn't necessarily even from likes or comments. It's actually from watch time. So if you have a 15-second video, and you can actually find these in your analytics. So let's say you're a business owner and you're listening. You want to start a TikTok account. Go sign up, and then make sure to switch your account in the settings to a business or creator account, and then that will unlock analytics for your account. But it'll show you what the average watch time is for each video, and that's how TikTok determines whether or not content is high-performing if people watch all the way through. So you'll actually hear and see people on TikTok, like a really common caption on TikTok is, wait for it. It'll be like, wait for it, dot, dot, dot. Because they want you to finish the entire video because they know it's going to rank them higher in the
1: algorithm. Is it the same kind of hacky behavior like on Spotify? Like you have these music artists that are making shorter songs so that you loop it more and that you listen to the song more? Is Can you apply that same, you call it trick, hack, to TikTok where you can make, you know, if you make shorter content, then that means they can watch it again in a loop. And you'll get more engagement versus posting it one long one minute video
0: yeah that's a really good question what i've seen and what i've heard because i research this stuff no joke every day it's actually just like a passion of mine at this point because one of the common comments that you'll see from people and creators on tiktok is that it's obvious that tiktok adjusts their algorithm quite a bit so it's hard to stay ahead of what's changing and what's happening like if you look at instagram or facebook a lot of times with the algorithm changes they'll make a pr announcement about it for example um if you remember when I, I, it's crazy to think that this is ever a thing but like on instagram they used to have the chronological time and that's how it serves you posts, right so <laughs> So you would go to Instagram and it'd be the most recent post. And now that algorithm has completely changed. And that was a big announcement from Instagram. TikTok in the background, they're always constantly tweaking their algorithm. And from what I've seen, if you create like a five second video, it's not not actually going to help you perform that much better in terms of watch time. The typical recommendation is between eight and 15 seconds. So I think TikTok knows when you're trying to like game the system and get more uh like watch time so i from what i've heard the sweet spot is like eight to ten seconds minimum and then max i've heard is like maybe 23 seconds
1: you said it right there it's watch time versus views it's kind of the same thing like on youtube where you know you can refresh the youtube page and get 30 views but if you only watch the video for 10 seconds a piece then it's not the watch time doesn't really factor in yeah that makes sense okay let's get into the Future of TikTok. I don't want to beat these news stories to death, like we, <laughs> you know, like uh, Trump yeah. a, c- a couple of days ago, as of this podcast, signed uh, an executive order basically banning or potentially banning TikTok. Something in like forty-five days. It's like mid-September. Um, I don't know when this podcast will be, will be released, but you know, mid-September is the the kind of cutoff date. Um. Let's get it. Let me get your thoughts on those where it's like the we'll, we'll talk big tech for a second, like the idea that Microsoft potentially will be buying it uh, or it could go away entirely. Um, let's start there. What do you think yeah. so far about that? Uh, as much politics aside as you can.
0: Yeah, I actually love talking about this, too. With politics aside, because when you look at what is currently happening, well, first of all, I feel like people are gonna disagree with me on this, but now is the best time to start a TikTok account ever. Like I've had people, I had someone comment on my Instagram post, this like case study that I did for TikTok. I had someone comment and be like, well, you know what? Everything that's happening in the news, like I'm just gonna wait to start it. I'm like, that would actually be a really bad idea because your line of thinking is actually what everyone else is thinking. Like if you wanna take advantage of the platform and actually Mm -hmm. start to see growth, now is the best possible time to do it if you're thinking about it from a marketer's perspective and like a way that you can market your business but i think microsoft buying TikTok is the best thing that could ever happen to the social media landscape no joke because right now there's almost like this monopoly with facebook and instagram and i say facebook and instagram i know they're the same company but i'm but they're Their platforms have two widely different demographics using it, so that's why I make that distinction. But I genuinely think that Microsoft investing in TikTok is the best possible thing to happen for social media because right now it does feel like there's a little bit of monopoly. And I would love for another player to come in and shake up the space a little bit because I think right now, whenever Instagram makes a decision to change something, that's kind of it. That's kind of like all you have right now, because a lot of people are going there because they know the reach potential is at least could be good. But then once you get there, you start to complain, you start an account and you're like, why, why isn't my account growing? I'm barely getting any followers. And it's like, that's because they want you to pay for that stuff. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I think the best thing that could possibly happen to the social media landscape is TikTok coming in they have an entirely different demographic that uses TikTok than other social media platforms. And I think it's the best possible thing that could ever happen. And I know that people are going to argue with me and say, how dare I say that? That's that's so ignorant of what's going on right now and, and what the Chinese government is trying to do. Like, I'm just coming at it from purely a marketer perspective. That is what I believe, that It creates more competition in the marketplace, which is always a good thing.
1: I think so. And and uh, let's just go for it and say Facebook and Instagram is a monopoly. We don't have to say it's almost a monopoly. It's (laughs) they're there. there. They uh, I I listen to um to Recode podcast and it's like they one one person put it great. It's like they let Twitter exist just so that they don't look like a monopoly. They can pretend like they're not a monopoly. (laughs) They're like, oh, we let you exist. Oh my God.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like that's not how it should be. Like that, the world needs to change. And I think social media as a whole is here to stay. P- people want to stay connected to people. And that's really what the original premise of Facebook was, right, is to feel connected to people. A lot of people will say that social media is bad. But, like, what if it could actually be good? And that's where I think TikTok is so unique because it actually – helps people express their personalities and feel more comfortable expressing themselves. I think than any other platform
1: online. Okay. So the people that are, cause you talked about the people that are kind of like, I'm going to wait 45 days. I'll, I'll, I'll start a TikTok account in September. Uh, I want to say, I don't think those people are ever going to start a TikTok account. If they like, they're, they're just saying that just to like, appear logical in the conversation. Uh, but you make it, I want to know, your reasoning behind like why you think it's a good idea now like this kind of this first mover's advantage uh i mean you're not even really first mover's advantage like you're kind of just if but i can see what the people like that are nihilistic or pessimistic think like what's the point of spending my effort and time on something that's going to get destroyed in 45 days like why why even bother as a business or if i have a limited amount of time in my business why do I need to dedicate it to, you know, this sandcastle that's going to get washed away in 45 days?
0: Yeah. I think that's really valid. I mean, why don't I talk about the benefits that I've seen from my personal or not my personal account, but the
1: account that I created. Yeah. We're jumping around. Let's, let's, let's get into your TikTok case study. Let's yeah. We're we're like dancing around it. Let's go, let's going to dive into that and we're going to come back to that.
0: Well, no, I, I actually think that, that the results of that case study answer your, your question, honestly, like, I started a TikTok account. I did this test for a business TikTok account in 30 days. And the results that I've received have greatly benefited my business outside of the TikTok platform. So I want to be really clear here. It's not like everything is just on TikTok. And you know what? I would have argued with myself about eight months ago when my colleague first came up to me and told me to download it, I would have said that's not a right fit for my brand because my ideal client isn't there, right? And if I'm looking for my ideal client for my consulting firm, they are not on there. And I've been proven wrong completely. Uh, Like, it's amazing how everything that I thought going into this, my perspective completely shifted. So in one month alone, organically, and this is why I say organically because it's a pay-to-play model everywhere else. But organically, I was able to get about 2 million video views. I got... 20,000 followers uh, I think twenty thousand five hundred followers I got multiple new leads for clients that I would love to work for no joke like dream clients not just clients that 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 you know are just starting their brand and don't know what they're doing like clients that are legit clients that would reach out to me and be like hey I want to hire you I had tons of growth on my Instagram account, no joke. When everyone was freaking out that TikTok was going away, everyone was posting their Instagram account to their TikTok and I didn't even make a video about it. And I had about 500 people from TikTok go and follow me on Instagram. So. It's had so many additional benefits. And I get DMs every single day from people saying thank you, people asking me marketing questions. And I love it because I love that I've been able to help people in whatever way that I can. And I never expected it to get this big, but it really did prove me wrong. So for all the people that say that it's going to, it's not worth it. I mean, this is what I did in 30 days. If you really put your head down and posted content every single day and optimized it based on the performance, think about where you could be in 30 days before TikTok even gets banned.
1: With I want to know about the new leads because it's, I think that would be such a surprising thing when they, when these new leads came in, do you like ask them like, Hey, how'd you hear about me? And they're like, Oh, I saw you on TikTok. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs>
0: it's the first sentence of their message. No joke. They'll say, Hey, I saw your videos on TikTok. I think what you're doing is really cool. I'd love to work with you. Like, here is what my business is. I just I just signed a client
1: like two weeks ago because of this. No joke. That's awesome. There's this kind of authority you can build with TikTok or or any platform out there. I've told I've told a lot of people that are afraid to teach something or afraid to kind of put their, you know, if you know 10% more than the average person, you can teach a skill. Mm-hmm. So it's like and if you're able to kind of assert that authority and say, look, I understand this or I have a, a very good understanding of this, then it kind of – it attracts people to your business. It attracts people to your personal brand that want to know – they want to know the tips. They want to know the tricks or they want to know how can I work with you. Um, and there's a lot of people that are afraid to do that. They're afraid to kind of put put out there like what they know or put out uh, that they have this knowledge or they ha- they're – you know. And TikTok's a great kind of avenue as well as Instagram, things like that, to kind of assert that authority or kind of share that knowledge.
0: Yeah, well, TikTok is, they're investing, what is it, a billion dollars into the creator community and they have a whole movement called Learn on TikTok. So it's actually, the platform is starting to trend toward education, really on the platform, like, like educating people about how to become certain things, how to do certain things. And actually on the on the photographer front, No joke, I've come across people on TikTok who have like photographer video content and I've been legitimately bummed when I go to their profile and they're not in Chicago because I want them to take my photos. Like no joke, that's how quick a a potential conversion could really happen. So I go and see their bio and if I find out that they're somewhere else, I'm like, God, that sucks because I love their style and I can get such a feel for that on TikTok.
1: I wanna ask you about the mindset difference that. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people fail to understand when it comes to different social media platforms, uh, or the kind. Of, what's the mindset that you're in when you're on this platform? If you're on Pinterest, you're in this particular mindset. If you're on LinkedIn, you're in this mindset. Uh, what have you seen? Like, let's talk the difference between Instagram and TikTok. What are people? You know, what's kind of the mindset that consumers are in when they're on there? Um, because right. I'll I'll tell you this when I think it's like Instagram to me feels like high school, and it feels like you're walking in the halls of high school and you're trying to look cool. It's like a
0: popularity contest. <laughs> at,
1: yes, at all times you have to have the latest trends. You have to like do the new dance that you know you saw on on the music video last week. And TikTok doesn't feel like that. No. So TikTok is. Is the most inclusive platform that I've ever seen. So, how do we convince people that uh, maybe you know they want to dip their toes in? They're thinking about TikTok. They, but they're kind of you know, but they're still coming. They, I guess they have. It's Instagram to me. I'll, let's. I'll. I'll say. A, I'll make a dark comment. Instagram feels like not only does it feel like a high school popularity contest, it feels like the abusive boyfriend. Yeah. That you can't leave. <laughs> right. Because of the monopoly. Uh, no joke. But- it's like we're you know, it's just the kind of like if we make an update or we change the algorithm, I don't care because hey, where are you gonna go? You're not gonna go and it get that it gets really dark that metaphor, I'm sorry. But uh there's and you just gonna have to go with it. You just have to accept it and it yeah, you know, it's pay to play. If you especially if you're a business Instagram account, they know that in the past you've put ad dollars towards this, so they're gonna make you get desperate to put more ad dollars in there uh do you see a future where tiktok follows that or where tiktok starts to monetize it in that way or kind of opens the door up to the average creator the average marketer who wants to get in and start running their own tiktok ads yeah that's a oh that's a good question i really like that question i do think that
0: every i mean you think about the movement behind TikTok. TikTok has a pretty big us team and that's part of the reason that they're trying to convince the government that that this is actually going to be a money like a legitimate money maker they have an entire us team that's dedicated to building partnerships finding influencers and building out their ads revenue really and i do think that every platform starts to get to this point where they are using ads i mean it's that's the money machine is having some kind of ad revenue model on your platform, right? Think about when you sign up for like a Spotify subscription, right? They're not making money from people listening for free, even though they can serve ads to those people, they're really making money creating the subscription model. So every company has to make money. And I think we have to just accept that. And if you're a small business, you're using these platforms for free, there's going to be some give. Now, if you want to spend on ads, TikTok actually recently, and I don't know if this is still the case, I created a video about two weeks ago. TikTok actually was giving out ad credits. And if you actually go to search Facebook or Instagram on Google, I think they have like a competitive like SEM, like ad running for TikTok Mm -hmm. basically saying if you are a business in the United States, you can get $300 ad credit to spend. So I don't know if it's still running, but I think that's a pretty great way to introduce people to get to use ads. But I think they are going to scale their ads a lot more, but I don't also think that that should hinder a small business owner or creator from using the platform. I think that is just a we just need to accept that as a reality for any free social media tool that we're using to get exposure for our brands.
1: Now that you say that, I wish TikTok would, or when they decide to truly monetize that, I wish they did a subscription model. Like, a yeah. dollar, a dollar 90, like, however, how millions, hundreds of millions of users there are right now on TikTok. Like, if they just said we're going to do a dollar 99 a month for, to use TikTok and keep it exactly the same right now, keep, you know, remove the ads, but for $2 a month, you can be on TikTok.
0: <laughs> That's such a good idea. I love can, that.
1: You can create, you can share, and we have a way to sustain our model and you have yes. and, it, and we're not going to shove ads in, in your face. That's, Who uh,
0: wouldn't pay for that? People in high school would pay for that. Like I would Venmo them, you know, like if they had a partnership with Venmo, like some kind of like subscription model through there, just like, have it automated, who wouldn't do that? Because right now that's what makes TikTok so wonderful. I think people are also really skeptical of these social media platforms because every time there's been a change on Instagram to the algorithm or some kind of update, it's because they're trying to optimize how much money they make. So it's not for a better user experience, contrary to what you're gonna hear from from a PR rep, it's it's for them to make more money. I mean, the whole reason why they took likes away so you couldn't see like numbers to, was to get you to engage more and to get you to ultimately stay on the platform longer. Now, TikTok does want you to stay on the platform longer and they're still going to serve you ads. But for the most part, I think most most people that I've seen are not
1: thrown off by that. No, it's, uh, and the, yeah, like the ads at the very beginning of when you open TikTok, that's not that bad. But I I can see them starting to like eventually, you know, every fifth swipe, every 10th swipe, kind of like what they did on Instagram. It it becomes like, you know, your Instagram story every time you swipe about every six swipes is an ad. Yep. So uh, a girl can dream. Um, (laughs) uh, So let's talk about Instagram reels now, because if, you know, if TikTok does get banned. And we're left with reels, I guess. I've, I saw that you didn't exactly have access to reels, or yeah, like now you, I do. Now you do. Okay, <laughs> so, so long
0: <laughs> you have no idea. I like deleted the app, and then I go download it again, and then I delete it. Like it, it like w- it was a process to get reels. Now I have it, and like I, I'm curious as to your thoughts. What do you think so far
1: about it? So far, all the. I mean, I've only. I go in there for like 10 seconds and I'm like, okay, I've seen all this on TikTok. A lot of it is <laughs> a lot of it's recycled TikTok content. Yep. Um or a lot of it is and it feels weird a lot even the original content that's on Reels, it's still using TikTok methods yep. and and songs yep. and and formats. I guess to say like it doesn't feel organic or like it doesn't feel like true to itself because I know this is a TikTok trend that I'm watching. Um but the biggest thing is the algorithm. Every, you know, I would swipe up, and I kept seeing this on Twitter. I was, you know, I was following some other people that were talking about reels, and they kept complaining that all they see are big, big, big accounts, hundred thousand plus accounts. And I went through my reels. I swiped up, and then I look at the profile, fifty thousand. Swipe up, look at the next profile, eighty thousand. Swipe up, look at the next profile, one point two million. Uh, and that is everything that TikTok is not. Mhm. I think there's a healthy mix in TikTok's for you page that you'll see a video that has 250,000 likes and then you'll see a video that has 8 likes. And you and it's just not to say that it's random, but there's a there's more chances for discoverability. And I think if Facebook's just going to copy that feature of just like making funny videos in a swipe up vertical format, they're kind of missing the mark.
0: Completely, I couldn't agree with you more. And I and so the rumor on the street is that TikTok paid a lot, or sorry, Instagram paid a lot of TikTok creators to come over to the platform to create content for Reels. But I've also seen the same amount of feedback and that same kind of feedback that you just touched on, which is, it feels weird because people are so conditioned now to creating a certain type of content for Instagram to then all of a sudden seeing a video that is a lot more, quite frankly,
1: casual on TikTok feels unnatural. Yeah. Cause we're, uh, cause going back to that mentality thing, when I'm in Instagram, I'm expecting to go back to high school and be in the popularity contest. Mm -hmm. And now, and now I see like casual content and then I look at their profile and then they got this like perfectly curated feed. There's a, there's a, some kind of dissonance. I'm I'm like confused at what I'm seeing. Yes, completely. So I don't know if the future means that we should adopt more TikTok behavior and put it on Instagram and be less uh, airtight about how curated our feed looks on Instagram.
0: My recommendation for people who have reels and want to try it out is this. Whenever there is a new offering or feature from any social media platform, they're always going to optimize to show off that feature, which means that if you are creating content for reels, the likelihood of your content, your content getting more eyeballs on Instagram right now is probably going to be higher because they want to show off that people are using that tool. So in the short term, I think reels could pay off for smaller creators because they Because Instagram will likely be shuffling that content in the algorithm and on the Explore page to show off that Reels exists. Long term, to me, personally, I just don't see how it's that much of a difference than stories.
1: That's, yeah, I'm with you. I'm trying to see even how you create it doesn't feel that different. Right. Well, because, I mean, because Instagram stories was Snapchat. Completely.
0: It feels like an extension of that versus a new a net
1: new feature. Yeah, it's a copy of a copy. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. you know the printer is is fading on ink every single time. <laughs> totally. So, uh, so Sam, what does the future look like for Once and More? Where, where, if you know, best case scenario, Snapchat or sorry, TikTok still exists. What are you doing the rest of the year? What does twenty twenty, uh, look like for Sam and Once and More?
0: Yeah. So for Once and More, it's just continuing to work with my clients to build out their marketing plans. I think twenty twenty one is going to be an amazing year and i really do think that we're going to have a comeback after the crazy year that we've had this year. So, i guess my biggest advice for people who are starting new companies this year, think about your marketing plan. Like actually give it some thought. Think about where you want to be in a year. My my biggest hang up with some of the clients that i work with now is i ask them like, what's your goal in a year? Where do you wanna be? And they can't answer. So know where you want to be in a year and know that things are probably going to get better and start to build out what marketing actually looks like for you. So for me, it's, it's I wanna grow my clientele, but then also work to grow with my clients because when my clients succeed, I feel really happy and fulfilled because I genuinely love marketing and I want to help them become better marketers. So I'm excited for that. On TikTok, I'm going to keep creating content for as long as I can uh, because I just love doing it. It's actually fun for me and I enjoy it. Um, And then my podcast, I have a podcast called The Next Big Thing, and that's where I email female entrepreneurs who have started companies recently this year to help encourage other people to start companies too. So like all around, I mean, I think I love where things are going right now for my business, personally, I think I'm just really curious to see what happens in the next 45 days with TikTok, and I'm going to keep creating content until they tell me not to.
1: Awesome! And what's your TikTok username? We gotta we gotta spell that out for the for the people.
0: My. So it was funny when I started my TikTok, I created a secret username so no one could find me, and really no one found me. I had about three people who. I had people actually send me a message on Instagram, being like, "Hey, I just heard your voice on TikTok. And I think it's your voice." I probably got like three to four of those messages. No joke, because people came across my content on the For You page. That's the power of the discoverability on TikTok. Is people will find your content, whereas on Instagram that would probably never happen. So originally I started with like a fake username so that people couldn't find me, but my username now is Marketing with Sam.
1: All right, Sam, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Okay, episode's over. Before you swipe away, I have two things for you to check out. Okay, maybe three, but just kind of stick with me. Number one is my daily email for photographers. Each day, I'm sending out short, actionable lessons on how to improve the business side of your photography business. You'll learn about marketing, strategy, pricing your work, and so much more. Sign up for the first five lessons on jordanpanderson.com. It's my name with .com. It's it's pretty easy to remember. Number two, and this is a big one, I'm offering one-on-one coaching for photographers who are looking to accelerate their business, get consistent leads, and build a brand they're proud of. Schedule a time to chat at JordanPAnderson.com/coaching. Last is number three. It's this podcast. I'm not asking you to subscribe or go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That's a little bit it's a little bit overdone. But I am asking you to go back. Find an episode that resonates with you, download it, and give it a listen. My name is Jordan P. Anderson. I help photographers who hate marketing, and I'll see you on the next episode.